Hello everybody and welcome back to the Glory Glory My Night Podcast. I'm your host as always, Kel Quinn, and Brush is back with me again today. How's it going, mate? Uh, I've had better weekends, Carl. I've had better weekends. I think we all have. <laughs> um, so yet another defeat away from home for, for Manchester United. Um, some things never change. Um, and, you know, no Man United debacle is complete without a comedy own goal, it seems, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, although this time from a surprising source. Um, but again, just like the Wolves game, not many United players played well. You could argue that United had a decent first half, but just didn't put away their chances, which is another common theme. And the second half was just a capitulation. As soon as the first goal went in, and especially when the second goal went in, United players just seemed to accept their, their fate. There was just absolutely no urgency with my United's play. It was so slow and lethargic and easy to defend against, and the game just petered out, really. Um, so I'm very, very disappointed in him. How did you see it, Brush? Absolutely. Um, yeah, just to echo some of your statements, um, in the final t- third, totally toothless. Um, yeah, uh, midfield, I thought we were better than we were against Wolves, but then the bar was pretty low, wasn't it? Anything was going to be an improvement uh, on Wolves. The way Cunha ran through our midfield repeatedly last week was uh, was horrible. Uh, this week, uh, it, it was an improvement, but still, that midfield balance is not correct for me. Um, one of my concerns when we identified Mason Mount as the guy was, I wasn't sure initially how it would work in a midfield three with Bruno and Casemiro. I figured that Cas would have to put in a lot of legwork and... Um, Mount and Bruno in the same team. I don't. I just don't know. Um, they kind of occupy similar positions for me. One would have to be disciplined in staying back, and I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a bit confused. Well, whenever we signed Mount, I know you're one of the first people to say to me that this midfield balance doesn't look right. And <laughs> no. it's, yeah, it's, pro- it's proven that way in the first two <laughs> Premier League games. Um. You know, Casemiro has not only looked isolated, um, but he's also looks off the pace as well, which is quite concerning. I hope this is not the beginning of the aging process with uh, Casemiro. Well, this is the thing, isn't it, Carl? Because he is thirty-one. We have to remember, and I think he turns he turns thirty-two before this season's uh, done. Um, so yeah, this is one of my concerns with with signing players over the age of thirty, uh, re- regardless of the quality um, that they bring. Um, you know, you, you, after that age you're only going in one way. Yeah, and I was absolutely amazed that Ten Hag picked the same 11 after what happened at Wolves. But then again, he does have form for this. Even after the 7 in the Danfield, he picked the same yeah. team. Against yeah, Real do you know what? That, funny enough, I did think back to that and then the Betis game that followed. So I wasn't shocked, actually. I was not shocked that it was the same uh, same 11. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but uh, yeah, a lot of things don't make sense to me at the moment. <laughs> Uh, but it's one of those things, I guess, we have to entrust the manager to get it right. Uh, but there are some things and naivety that I'm seeing that that definitely needs to be ironed out. But unlike all the other occasions where Tin Hag named an unchanged 11 after a, a bad defeat, well, it wasn't a bad defeat against Wolves, obviously, but it was a very poor performance, conceding 23 shots at home. I mean, to be, to be honest, I don't know how the hell we came away with all three points. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, let's just say every time we've had a, a really horrendous performance, Ten Hag yeah. has tended to keep, to keep the same team in the following mm-hmm. game. Uh, and this occasion, it didn't work. Um, so he has to take criticism for that. 
Um, now going forward, there has to be massive changes. Well, uh, at least you know, uh, you know, a couple of personnel changes and uh, and a tactical change. I think. Um, certainly, looking looking on the horizon, we've got Arsenal. There's no way we can play that midfield at the Emirates, or it's just going to be a free for all for the Gunners. I'm yeah. afraid. Um, yeah, um, and uh, listen, I'm just taking it one game at a time. So before that, we've got Forest to contend with. Uh, well, and- and their striker uh, and Wanye uh, is is on fire at the moment. Yeah, and if we don't if we don't beat Forest at home, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's going to turn into a mini crisis, mm. um, because Arsenal at the moment is looking like a certain defeat, um, and if we can't beat teams like Forest at home, if we're struggling at home against Wolves, we're losing yeah. the Spurs. It's not a good start to the season. And you um, saw how easily Wolves got opened up by Brighton this weekend. Yeah, well. My last podcast, um, Chris was saying to me that uh, if Wolves could play like that every week, they'll be fine. But I said they'll not play. play like <laughs> they that. won't play like that, will they? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's very fortunate for us as well that you know they also are quite toothless up front because if they could finish, then yeah, we would have been out of that game. Yeah, yeah. They just they they're a bit like us. They're they weren't great mm-hmm. in front of goal. I mean, we've scored one goal now. In their first two, in our first two games, scored yeah. by a centre back and assisted by a right back. Yeah, and that about sums up our front Listen, line. The only silver lining, mate, is that we're three points better off than we were at this point last season. Yeah, that's about the only thing I can clutch to at this moment in time. So, the front line again just didn't work. Um, Garnacho's have been poor in the first two games. Rashford, it just looks like a man, a winger who's playing up front. Um, yeah, who's He's no enthusiasm for playing that position. Um, he's not really doing any running off the ball. He's just walking around. Anthony, just very, very poor. I mean, had he, uh, he had that shot against the post, he really should have got that on target. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just so one-dimensional. He, nothing has really improved in terms of his game. Um, so that front three, obviously, as well as the midfield, has to change. And... Another another cameo from Palestia that was very very promising, arguably could have had uh, penalty. Um, he goes at his man and he looks to cross it into the middle. Um, so for me, uh, he absolutely has to start now. And this is there's a real, been a real clamour now on social media amongst United supporters for Palestia to start. Like mm-hmm. I've been calling for it for for six months, but yeah. now everybody else is on board. So what's your thoughts, Rush? Yeah, no, most definitely. Anytime he's made a little cameo, he's done something. He looks active. The only thing, uh, to bring the best out of Pelestri, we need a proper nine. We need someone in the box who can get on the end of uh, what he provides because he's very direct. Uh, unlike Anthony, instead of cutting in, he'll go on the outside as well and get crosses in. But it's kind of useless if we don't have someone in the middle um, You know, for those crosses to fall to. Um, and this brings us on to Hoyland. Obviously, uh, young man is injured currently, uh, only 20 years old, comes in for a huge fee. Um, even if he wasn't injured, uh, you know, because of his tender age uh, and everything else, it's one that would have taken time to settle. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be comfortable just going into the season with him as our only nine. Um, that looks like that's going to be the case. Only United could sign... Uh, a number nine who's not fit to start the season. Yeah. Um, but recently, uh, I was looking at uh, a clip that UEFA had posted of Hoyland's hat trick against Finland in the mm-hmm. Euro 24 qualifying campaign. 
and they were all strikers' goals. And yeah. I was thinking to myself, the best player uh, to get the best out of Hoyland and provide him with service is Palestri. Um, yeah, he's the most direct, more natural winger, old school throwback kind of winger. Yeah, because all Garnacho and Anthony are going to do is cut inside and shoot. Yeah. And Hoyland would get no service, but Palestri would probably provide that for him. Um, is the manager going to be prepared to, to start Palestri? Like, he talks him up when, all the time in press conferences, yeah. but he but never then, back up those words. He, he does that with everyone, doesn't he? Like, um, I think he's just very uh, cautious not to upset anyone. Uh, I mean, even the comments regarding Harry Maguire, like every decision that we've seen over the last season has showed me that he is not part of the manager's plans. But if you heard him after the failed move to West Ham, uh, you'd think he was because uh, the manager said, you know, that he can fight for his place in that. But I don't believe him. No, I definitely don't believe him on, on that subject. Yeah, um, you know, uh, the fact that if you, if you did have that much faith, why didn't you bring him on at halftime against Wolves instead of Lindelof? Uh, there was times last season where, you know, um, when he was fully fit and you opted to use Luke Shaw at centre-back before Maguire. So these are all indications for me that he is not part of your plans. And in signing a goalkeeper like Anana as well, it further magnifies his weaknesses. So surely you should make a stance and just say what's on your mind. Uh, but then, you know... I don't know if it's he doesn't want to upset the player, if he doesn't want to upset the board, if he's not confident that if he does that and alienates the player, he might still end up staying or they won't get a replacement in. But it's it's a mess of a situation. Which I'm a situation which I'm absolutely fed up with, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, honestly, I was hoping we could draw a line under it. I was over the moon when when we got the offer in from West Ham, and I think honestly for all parties, I think that would have been best. Uh, but I think that ship has sailed now too because. West Ham, I hear, are moving for former Arsenal man, Mavropanos. Uh, I think he's flown in for a medical, so, yeah, they, they've they've moved on. And Maguire wanted 10 to 15 million from United to, to mm. leave, so that was the problem. And West Ham just got fed up with waiting and just moved on. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that is also our fault because, you know, uh, from a contractual obligation uh, point of view, he is entitled to his money, and we're the ones that offered him the stupid money, so... Uh, United are at fault there. And apparently he thinks he can do better than West Ham as well. He doesn't want to be involved in a relegation battle. Yeah, um, I don't know about all that. <laughs> although I'm hoping that maybe the West Ham result yesterday against Chelsea might entice Harry Maguire to go there. Yeah, um, I did notice that Aguard, their, their centre-half, got sent off as well. I was thinking, I was like, oh, <laughs> Harry might come in. But then that's when I looked at... Uh, at Sky Sports to see if there's any links, and then I heard, uh, yeah, Mavropanos is on his en route. Uh, but you, you never know what could happen in the frantic last week of the window, um, but but it doesn't look good at the moment in terms of a departure for Harry Maguire. Um, no, it doesn't. But anyway, I don't want to spend another podcast talking about Harry Maguire, to be honest <laughs> with you. It just, it just turns me right off. Um, I, I want to focus on the... He wasn't even involved against Spurs. He wasn't even there. So yeah. I, I just want to focus on that game. Um, yeah, so changes needed uh, in terms of the front three. I would bring Palestri in. Uh, we need to get Hoyland into the team as quickly as possible. Uh, but um, this is the thing, though. Because of the stress injury and that, do you rush him back? Because uh, I had a debate with one of my friends yesterday about this, actually, and he raised the point that Ten Hag, you know, he does rush people back, especially last season. We saw it with Rashford. 
when you know when he was out injured i thought he came back a bit sooner than expected uh with these stress related injuries um we have to be very careful we have to maintain everything make sure he's fully recovered before bringing him in because uh, it could aggravate the injury further yeah but in the meantime i would probably go with sancho uh, through the middle uh, yeah yeah i think one thing that's absolutely clear is that we need rashford on the left um down the middle, yeah. it's just it's not working. Uh, and Garnacho, I like him as an impact sub. I think the kid's got a lot of potential, a lot of energy, but I like him when he comes on 60 70th minute, uh, when the defenders are already a little bit tired and he just goes at them. Yeah, and he, he's at two starts now and he has been abysmal, really, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, although you could argue he should have had a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, now I've seen that handball being given so many times. And then we have Dermot Gallagher on saying it wasn't a penalty because of the close proximity of the defender to the, the attacker. Yeah, um, yeah. I understand that, but, I mean, keep the same energy for everything, right? It's the, it's the fact that it changes from situation to situation that pisses all of us off, isn't it? Because we've seen Yeah, because that, 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 that exact um, penalty was given against Lewis Dunk in the first weekend yeah, of the Premier League. Yeah, crazy. Um, and then we saw goalkeeping decisions as well. Danana one for me last week was a penalty. That wasn't given. But then you saw Pickford uh, against Aston Villa. That was a penalty. Like it just none of it makes sense to me. Uh, yeah, it's so like already VAR is turned into a farce, and Maroney, you know, yeah. won her, even on the first weekend. See, see, even with VAR, I don't think it's VAR itself. It's the people using it. Like the technology is there to assist you. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the technology. It's just the clients who are using it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it was a very, very disappointing performance from United. And yeah, Sancho through the middle for me against right. Forrest with Rashford on the left and Palestri on the right. That was probably, that's what I would do until Hoyland comes back. Same, um, same. I know, I Otherwise, know. you'd have to move Bruno out right. Yeah, but I have to say that they, we know that Anthony is the manager's love child. Um, <laughs> yes. He's paid eighty-five million pounds for him. Yeah. Is he going to be dropped? What do you think? No, no, I can't see him being dropped. Like you said, that's that's his golden child, isn't it? So yeah. And ultimately, him continuing continuing to stick with Anthony. Mm-hmm. If Anthony has not improved by the end of this season, and he's just um, producing the same level of performance and same inconsistency, one trick pony. If yeah. if he doesn't add other elements to his game and isn't contributing more goals and assists, and the manager continues to persist persist with him, this could be the downfall of the manager. Um, I think Hoyland has to work. Otherwise, that could. I mean, if Hoyland and Anthony both don't work. Then you, you're gonna have to start calling the manager judgment into question. Mason Mount as well. That hasn't worked so far. Um, he's in fact he's been poor. He was poor for Chelsea for a whole season. He's continued on that form for United. Um, and yeah, everyone thinks back to the Champions League season for them uh, when it comes to Mason Mount, don't they? Um, I also yeah. think this is a symptom of not having proper structure above Ten Hag. Um, even at Ajax, he was never entrusted with just making the decisions himself. He had the team of Van der Sar and Mark Overmars there above him. And I don't think he has that same level of structure here at United. And you can't just let the manager decide who he wants, you know. 
um, regardless of who the hell you are, uh, we know that this is a results-based industry and anybody can get sacked. So mm. the problem with um, giving the manager all of this control is if it does go pear shit, if it does go left and you end up dismissing him, then what happens? Yeah. Yeah, because if 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 he was, say, say this season goes really badly, let's hope it doesn't, mm. and Ten Hag is dismissed, there's going to be the next manager will not want Anthony... And, um... and this is the problem we've had for, for, for years now, Carl, where every two years, roughly, if a new manager comes in, they spend their two years trying to undo what the last manager has done. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, And we can't get players out the door this summer because they're on a crazy Huge wages. wages. You've invested so much money into them, even to bring them to the club. Even the likes of Hoyland. I mean, I know the market's ridiculous. I mean, we saw that with the recent additions at Chelsea of Casado. Who gave away a penalty, by the way, for you know the West Ham's third goal, uh, 115 million well spent. Um, yeah, no, I say that in jest. Um, yeah, so it's it, it's crazy the amount of money that we're investing in people, and then you're tied down to them. Um, I, I was speaking to one or two friends yesterday, and I was telling, asking them, you know, uh, with the possibility of Saudi uh, come end of the season for one or two of these guys, if it doesn't work out this season. Would that be a a way to offload the the likes of a Sancho? Yeah, it, it might be helpful towards the end of the window if Saudi by Mason Greenwood, uh, Anthony Martial, Anthony Martial, yeah. yeah, yeah, that would get us some money to to strengthen areas of the squad mm-hmm. that, where we need players. Um, now, Ten Hag wants another another midfielder and. I would absolutely agree with that um, because we yeah. need to be more solid. And there's someone to play alongside Casemiro. Um, but that means one of Mount or Fernandez has to drop out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to move Bruno to the right-hand side if you want to fit them all in. And is that ideal? I don't, Not for me, it isn't. <laughs> no. Um, but... So, yeah, this is this the confusing thing, isn't it? But obviously, when you look at the age profile of the midfielders, Mount is the one that we're going to have for the longest. Um, Realist says, let Martial play on the moon. <laughs> um, Maybe the lack of gravity will stop him from getting <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, remember Roy Keane said at the weekend about Martial, you may as well bring on Frank Stapleton or uh, Norman Whiteside. Um, um, I mean, if Anthony Martial is the answer, what is the question? Um, yeah, exactly. Like he's he's been here way too long. Um, yeah, a more competent club would have tried to move on, but again, he's on two hundred and fifty grand a week, isn't he? Um, so who who is going to come in for him? It's a very difficult situation. We might as well have brought on Phil Jones against Spurs um, to save the <laughs> the game. Um, that was just a complete waste of time. It was it was already too late by then. You know, after that second goal went in, you could tell that their heads had dropped. Uh, this is an all too familiar thing now. Uh, we mm-hmm. saw that last season as well. Um, There's a real, a real psychological problem with this squad as well, yeah. and it's not getting better. Um, no. They just threw the towel in um, when mm-hmm. things weren't going well at the weekend. And even someone, even Mister Reliable Martinez, that was, yeah. oh, was a shambolic defending. Um, that was, that was a pretty team cross that came in, and it goes all the way into the back of the net. It really um, was. Um. And then it was poor defending for the first goal as well. Like mm-hmm. It was a deflection off Martinez. And then Wan-Bissaka is just watching the back of the net rather than watching the ball. And it just 
easily. It was just away a calamity of errors, wasn't it? Um, and then the other thing as well, I think the way the transfer window has gone and the order in which we've started to bring these players in um, hasn't really helped either. Like when you look at the kind of goalkeeper uh, Onana is in a possession-based system, it makes sense to have a goalkeeper like that. But we're not really making the most of that, though. You know? Yeah, I, I do have to say, though, he's been the only positive so far, really, in the season. He, <laughs> yeah, um, early on. Early on. Um, yeah. Oh, his... the one thing I do want to point out, I mean, it absolutely came to nothing because it was offside on that, but it was a lovely little Rabona by uh, Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, uh, and Rashford's header was disgraceful. Um, yeah, yeah, even if he was offside, I, I need you to get that on target, Rashi. That was terrible. Yeah, and, and then Bruno's header, that was even worse. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. Bruno said to Rashford, hold my beer, I, I can do worse here. <laughs> and then what pissed me off even more as well, like all the chances throughout the game, they kept falling to Casemiro. Yeah, um, he came close with a header, but if yeah. he put it in the corner, then the goalkeeper mm-hmm. wouldn't see it. But yeah, any, any half chance, I was just like, oh, why is our DM the one getting all the chances? It's just, yeah, yeah. Um, Casemiro again was getting was getting beaten too easily mm-hmm. by Spurs attackers. Um, just looked really short of energy. He looked as if he was playing in high altitude at you know forty degrees. Um, at yeah. times out there. Um, I hope this is not a sign of things to come. But, uh, no, no. Listen, well, if it is a sign, let's hope that he's preparing for those weather conditions in Saudi. <laughs> <laughs> Strange links. Um, you know, Varane's been linked to Saudi. Um, I would have yeah. thought that that would make sense next year. Not right same, now, though. Same. Next year. I mean, this year, uh, yeah, uh, it's too short in the window. But again, it depends if the price is right. Listen, if they make a ridiculous offer, then I'm not against it. I'm not going to lie to you. If he's on like but, 350 a week. 30 now, going on 31 yeah, before the season's over. You're going to have to spend that money to replace him? You, you are. Yeah, this only makes sense if you are competent enough to identify who you want to come in. And I'm not confident in that at all. Yeah, which is why this summer, ideally, it would have been nice to move move Harry on and get a young centre-back in who could rotate. Yeah, to be honest with you, that would make me sick if we sold Varane and, and Maguire <laughs> stayed. You know, yeah. You don't sell your starting centre no, half. No, no, no. Not unless you've your... got a proper plan. If you're like Man City, then fair enough. When you're proper organised, they can do that. Yeah, you don't sell your starting centre half and keep your fifth choice centre half. And by yeah. the way, J- Johnny Evans is going to get a, a one-year contract. Yeah. I mean, again, again, what does that say about the the manager's view on Harry Maguire? It tells me exactly. That... So it tells you that you know everything we heard from him last week regarding Maguire. It's all just PR, isn't it? It's nonsense. Yeah, it's complete nonsense. Um, but managers say one thing in public and another in private. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look at the whole De Gea debacle and how that was handled. In fact, I don't even believe that Harry was injured for the Tottenham game. Mm. I think him and Ten Hag maybe had a row and then he was left at home. Um, Interesting. But this, I would say this type of thing happens often in football. You know, yeah. How many times is there a player who's not a favourite of the manager and then he's not brought to an away game and we're told that he has a slight injury or we niggle? I don't believe yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure these things happen. I'm sure these things happen. Um, yeah, it was horrendous uh, second half from United. Mm-hmm. Um, after a promising first half, that there was no goals at the end of it. So, yeah, a lot of pressure going to be in Hoyland now when he comes into the team. Um, I'm trying to keep... Trying to 
uh, you know, temper my expectations. Yeah. Um, but we really need the goals. Uh, you know, if, I know we talked about it many times, but you know, the ideal signing would have been Harry Kane this summer, but obviously yeah. that's. Yeah, no, once we signed Hoyland, I knew that ship had sailed. Had we not got him, then, you know, when Bayern went in, I could have potentially seen uh, a rival bid. But yeah, no, once Hoyland was signed, that I knew it was too late. Another thing, though, did you see um, Victor Oshman's finish for Napoli yesterday or the day before? No, I haven't. Actually. Oh. I haven't caught up on any of the Serie A action from the weekend, apart from... What a fun- what a phenomenal, phenomenal striker he is! Was it? Was it? Was it a great finish? Was it? I'll have to check it out. I think it was a pullback, uh, and he was just slightly inside the area, and he just hits it first time into the roof yeah. of the net. Yeah, and the only game I saw, I saw, uh, I saw the Roma game yesterday, and Bellotti scored a brace. And I know he was on a free transfer last year, and we looked at him, and we were like, mm, not sure if he's good enough. Uh, but then now we're in the same predicament again as we're in January, aren't we? Where anyone is better than nothing. <laughs> Do you think maybe it had been? I was thinking to myself, um, what's what's done is done now. But would it would it have been better to, you know, we spent significant sums on huge on a uh, Holland and Mount combined. Yeah. If we'd have just used all that money just to buy Oshman, do you think that would have been better? Oh, I because I tried to do the math on that, and I think we still would have been short. Because they would have wanted about yeah, yeah. they wanted about 150, weren't they? Because they turned down 140 from Saudi, so you know they 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 weren't in a position where they needed the money or anything. And they sold off Kim Ming Jae this summer as well. So uh, and on the back of the Serie A title and that, they're quite comfortable. I don't think it would have been doable to be honest. They need to calm down over there. I mean, if they're going to be charging that kind of money, yeah. he's never going to be able to leave until his contract runs down. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what we're going to start seeing, to be honest. Uh, we've seen the debacle with Mbappe and with these top, top players. I do think they're going to, we're going to get to a time now where they're going to be priced out of moves and they're just going to run their contracts down in order to get a move. Yeah, and you can't blame them. Um, no, no. Uh, so... But yeah, no, personally, I do think money could have been better spent, but it's one of those, isn't it? What can I say? Uh, manager identified these guys. Uh, they were the first choice target. So, yeah. So, before we move on, quickly going to take a look at the, the play ratings, and this is going to be very, very depressing. Um, Bleak. <laughs> uh, Onana, probably our, our best player on the day, which doesn't say much. Um, you know, when you concede two as well, and your goalkeeper is your best player. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you need to know. All right, I think he's on course for the Shamat Bosley Player of the Season Award. As things oh, stand, <laughs> um, please, please do not. I, I want him to do well at the club, but I don't want yeah. him to win four Player of the Season awards. Like, no, uh, no, please, yeah. no. <laughs> um, so Nana six, Wambasaka four, Varane four, Martinez a three. Mm. Luke Shaw, uh, a three. Anthony, a four. Casemiro, four. Bruno, a three. He was shambolic um, and mm. probably lucky not to get a second yellow. Um, mm-hmm. Although it seems as if uh, Michael Oliver doesn't even want to engage in conversations with captains now. He's just going to book them on the spot. Um, but Bruno's reputation um, proceeds him, you know. Yeah, it really does. He's yeah, his uh, his antics much. for the petulant. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those Bruno performances where 
his passing is awful. His shooting is awful, and but he, his mouth never stops. Mm. Um, and it's just it's irritating, really. So, yeah, a three for him. Mason Mount, a three, just anonymous again. Like, yeah. like, the only thing good I can say about him is that when we don't have the ball, he's always mm-hmm. working really hard. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, we said that about him when we first signed, right? Like, you know, I think the first thing I said when we were literally, well, Marathon Mount, <laughs> he'll cover every blade of grass. He gives you the exact opposite of Ericsson, where he can move. <laughs> but not, not showing the same quality on the ball as Ericsson, though. No, no, no. no. Talksport, we're putting up all the stats uh, yeah. for like chances created, goals, um, and all the rest. It's all the nil, thing is, nil, though, we're going to have to make it work because when you look at the age profile, he's the one that's going to outlive the other two in midfield. There's Cassis, 31, yeah. going on 32. Bruno's, what, 29, going on 30. He's, he's 24, and he's been given the number seven shirt as well. So, I know it's early days, but that seems like a pretty bold decision. Um, and, and given the the number sevens that have preceded him, you know, before yeah. before Ronaldo and Cavani, there were some terrible ones. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I lost faith when they first gave it to Michael Owen. <laughs> that was, yeah. you know, beginning yeah. of the end. Memphis Depay, Di Maria, Sanchez. Yeah. Yeah. Valencia gave it back, remember? He had it for one season. Yeah. And he said, nope, give me my 25 back. <laughs> yeah, I hope Mason Mount is not going to join that list of yeah underwhelming number sevens. I hope he's going to join the, the George Best, Ronaldo, mm-hmm. Beckham, Cantonal list. But it's not looking Ho- good. Hopefully, hopefully. Even if he's Ho- only half as good as them, that would be okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Granato with three. Awful display. Mm-hmm. Really, really poor. Um, I think... What teams are doing, they're double marking him and he can't yeah. get into the games then. He can't. Um, uh, Rashford, per, I mean, uh, he doesn't even, he's just not a centre forward. When the, when the high he's ball really comes not. in, he doesn't even challenge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's he's hoping that the defender will miss his header and then he'll be able to run in behind. Mm-hmm. And that's what a winger does. Um, yeah. He's a winger or an inside forward. So a three for him as well. Um, substitutions, um, again, him. I think we were lucky to get away with it for a year last season uh, with Rashi, but it's not something you can rely on. No, um, definitely not. And he just—he looks like he doesn't want to play that position. He looks yeah. like he's protesting mm-hmm. um, at, at being selected up front. Um, and do you see him throwing his toys out of the pram when he was substituted as well? I mean, yeah. You never tried a leg all afternoon. What are you complaining about? Um, so. The top of the season again came very late, which, which mm-hmm. frustrates me with this manager. And I know Ajax fans complained about that too. Um, it was 66 minutes before we seen any yep. subs. Um, I would say Palestri would definitely get a, a, a six, um, Martial a five, um, Sancho I would say a five, Ericsson five, and uh, Dallo five. And um, yeah, um. What I would do in the next game, obviously, is give Sancho and Palestri a go from the start. Yeah. Um, um, uh, one thing I did want to mention to you, Carl. So, uh, we briefly touched on the fact that our preseason tour was more focused on money than sense. The fact that, you know, you had the double fixtures and the fact that you had to backtrack when you look at geographical locations and whatnot. Um, and when you look at the players that played, um, do you think it was adequate preparation for the season? Because for me, it still seems as if they're on preseason. Like I don't think we saw enough of the first team. 
in in the summer. Yeah, because at the start they were they were only playing forty five minutes, and yeah. then the they got was it defensively they played sixty odd minutes, mm-hmm. um, and then against Lawns that was the only time they really they played ninety minutes. Yep. And then um, and then also in preseason you saw Jaden Sancho in the false nine, and then the season starts and he's and he's dropped. Even in the the Dortmund game was was the second string that really surprised yeah, yeah. me. Yeah, 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 because we had four days uh, before that game. Like Roy Keane suggested that maybe they're being overtrained, um, mm. uh, and but you could look at it the other way that they're just not fit enough. Not for fit the enough. Season. Yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, because we saw a lot of the kids. We saw a lot of the kids because it was. Oh, I don't know why. I was thinking back to it. I'm still annoyed by it, the fact that I stayed up to watch the Wrexham one. The only senior player there was Johnny Evans. Yeah, and uh, I know of a, a few people that were taking their kids to that game. Yeah, the yeah. Kid, the kids were very disappointed that they didn't get to see the first team. Yeah, yeah, didn't get first. to see yeah any of the first team. And, oh, they were charging so much as well. Yeah, and it wasn't communicated by the club that it was a United 11, not the United first team. Yeah. In, in, in that Wrexham game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> like and he even arranged a, a behind, behind closed door friendly against Everton as well to mm-hmm. give more minutes to the French players. The French players have got more minutes than the first team in preseason. Yeah, so I think that yeah that that might have contributed to it as well. I just don't think our preparation was 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 the best. Um, no, either, one or two things is true. They've been they've been overtrained, or mm-hmm. else they haven't had enough um, game time in preseason. Mm-hmm. Because they just don't look fit enough. I mean, yeah. their desire again was questioned against Tottenham, but maybe it's not a desire. Maybe it's just that they're they're just so undercooked um, and and not prepared um, physically yeah. for the new season. Yeah, I um, think so. And I'll tell you what. Another thing that upsets me is that every time I see these lot, it it pisses me off. Brighton, nineteen-year-old <laughs> <laughs> and CISO with two assists. Uh, just you know, they've made shed loads on the people that they sell. They reinvest properly. Uh, Esther Pinyan came in for a fraction of the cost they sold Cucurella for. They keep doing it again and again, don't they? Yeah, but and and absolutely destroyed Wolves, who we yeah who, who, who we struggled us. against. Yeah, yeah, who, who ran through our midfield as if it wasn't there. And every time I see them, it just you know, it's so important to do your due diligence. Like, because even this summer, we look at when you look at the money that Man United have spent, it's actually ridiculous. Yeah, and um, it's far too early to you know to be saying things like this, but you do get this online whenever United are not doing well. Um, mm-hmm. Already, people are saying that they want to get rid of Ten Hag and bring in the Brighton manager, but that's the fickle nature of football, isn't it? But uh, if we were in a situation where we did have to get rid of the manager. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're nowhere near that at the moment. I have to be no. clear about that. The Brighton manager would be very, very high on my list, I have to say. Um, I'm really impressed a- Again, by like no matter who we bring in, though, it's about the structure, isn't it? The, the, way, yeah. the way things work at Brighton, it's so good because there's cohesive structure. We can't succeed by bringing in any manager in the world if we just leave them to it. Yeah, you're totally right about that. Um, so the Montsecutioner says that the problem with the fixture announcements were not done properly. Wrexham and Dortmund were announced uh, and the, a month later, Houston and New York were announced. And this is what I mean. This is why I think it's all to do with money. Like yeah. There was no structure or planning into that. 
uh, yeah, I think yeah, we've got the next comment as well. Uh, he says I was preparing to travel to Vegas or San Diego with Real Madrid fixture was announced. Um, and until the Real Madrid fixture was announced, no sense to to go from the West Coast to the middle of the country, then back to the West Coast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was see. a bit strange. Um, yeah, like you said yourself, Bruce, in an earlier mm. podcast that they were going back on themselves. Yeah, on... yeah, like it... just planning it. It just it didn't make any sense. That's why I think they care more about money than actual preparation. Um, and also the weather conditions and stuff wouldn't have helped either. I know in Vas- in Las Vegas it was. They were having a proper heat wave over there. Uh, it was like forty plus degree heat. Uh, yeah, although the stadium itself, I think, was a lot cooler than. than oh, it's stadium. the most advanced stadium I've ever seen in my life. That the, the Raiders Stadium. Uh, yeah, in football over here, we could learn a thing or two. Obviously, you couldn't build it on that scale, but you know, small scale yeah. down versions. It was like a hundred. 110 Fahrenheit outside the stadium, I believe, yeah. but only 70 Fahrenheit inside the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, so Which is still they, very hot, mind you. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, with the retractable roof and all of that, it's very impressive stuff. Um, Danny here says, I'm not even entertaining the thought of getting rid of Tanag. No, neither am I. I'm, I'm just yeah, saying yeah. that some people online um, are already talking about uh, the bright manager. Listen, we can't. Yeah, we can't take uh, that too serious. Got to take it with a pinch of salt. People online, they lose their their rag over everything, don't they? Yeah. Uh, I listened to a Chelsea fan yesterday online uh, who was talking about they're ready to sack Pochettino. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh. I was like, no, they're not serious. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Second, the manager is not going to change anything at Chelsea. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing at all. They need a sack uh, God Bowley. Yeah, yeah, it is hilarious <laughs> though the fact that they're what like nine hundred million in and they can't buy a win. Literally can't yeah. buy a win. Five wins in thirty-one matches, I think. Yeah, I, I, I was looking at their their first eleven on their squad for mm-hmm. win for the West Ham game. That is not a nine hundred million pound squad. That no, is awful. it's mental. It's absolutely mental, isn't it? The one thing I I will give them credit for is that they have identified young, talented prospects. But you can't just throw them all into a team and expect them to just click. It's crazy. Yeah, you need experience as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Danny say, Danny here says it's clear at the minute there is no cohesion in the side. There's no excuse after a whole preseason. Maybe a certain cloud over the club these past few weeks has brought everyone down a little. Do you think um, the Greenwood situation has, has had an impact on the, the team? Uh, potentially, yes, because I think the club, like with a lot of things, uh, have made a complete hash of it. Um, they should have made a decision going into the summer. They should never have uh, been allowed to drag on this long. Um, so I don't think that helped at all. And Don here says the Forest is, is game is a good home game to get the heads down and play good football. Having said that, can't be taken for granted after the, the way Wolves played against us. Absolutely. I think my worry is that even if we do get a win against Forest, which I anticipate will be a scrappy two-one win, um, mm. that we've got to go to the Emirates the week after, and I have to say my expectations of, of that are absolutely zero. Um, I think we're going to get turned over badly in that game unless something drastic changes. Um, would you do you agree with that, Brush? I know it's uh, kind of... yeah. Currently, it's uh, yeah, it's looking bleak, isn't it? But we're gonna have to we're gonna have to just gain some momentum by putting in a good performance against Forest. And also from the manager's point of view, I'm just looking to see what changes he makes because he can't persist persist with what he's currently doing. 
Yeah, like that's. I mean, that's what we start the show off with. That yeah, you know, changes are an absolute mm-hmm. urgency. You know, it's a, it's a must. Um, and I know can, people like, are. I know there's a lot of people that aren't his biggest fan, but even the likes of Scott McTominay might have to play a role. Well, unless we sign a midfielder between now and the end of the window, Scott McTominay yeah. absolutely has to start alongside Casemiro at the Emirates. Yes. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, in, in my opinion. Um, um, the only ones that we've been really linked to is what is Amrabat and. As far as I know, there's not been an official bid. Well, uh, Samuel Lookers today has said that... Gravenberg? Um, not only that, he said that uh, Amrabat, um, that when it was put to a United official over in America mm-hmm. about Amrabat, the United official just screwed up his face. And um, Lookers' information is that um, if United really wanted him, they'd have got yeah. that deal done already. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, I mean, the the fee being quoted, you know, in the grand scheme of things, wasn't that excessive either. So I thought that no. was a very achievable one. Um, and I think you're right there. I think, um, yeah, if they wanted to, they could have got that done. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they haven't put a bid in at all is quite telling. And Luckhurst says that United are interested in Graven Birch, and I think mm. Liverpool are as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but... If if the player ha- has a choice, you would think he'll reunite with Ten Hag. Want to play for his old manager? Yeah, yeah. But again, yeah. the one problem with Graven, but he's not really a DM. No, I think he, he's operated in that position a number of times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, he can play alongside Casemiro though. He would be more. He can. He can. He's got legs for days. Um, he's actually the one that Ten Hag used to replace Frankie De Jong at, at Ajax. So he's in that mold. Uh, so a ball progressor, still very young, a lot of potential. Um, so I wouldn't be against the signing at all, but I don't think he's what we need in the immediate future. If that makes sense. He would probably he probably still get more game time at United than he would at Barrett. Oh hell yeah, yeah definitely. And I, spe- I think they've just signed Sangare as well, so he's further down the pecking yeah. order there. Yeah, so United should be able to get that done, even if it's a, yeah. a loan with an option to buy. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely a deal that I would I would snap up because I, I think the kid is talented. And when potential comes on the market like that, you just, you know, you, you pick it up and you deal with everything else later. Yeah, alone with an option to buy might be a good deal. We get a get a look at him for a season and then make a decision at the end of it. Um, it means we're not tied to him if we've got him on loan. Um, and I think the player himself is a little worried that he's going to lose his place in the Euro 24 Dutch squad. Um, yeah. If we're not playing much football because, you know... Um, Dutch managers are quite strict about that, you know, if you're not playing for in, your club. In, in an ideal situation, I'd have both of them coming in. I'd have Ryan Gravenberch and, and Amrabat coming in. Yeah. And, and Danny's touched on it just there. Uh, yeah, w- one of the key things I said in the summer was uh, that Casemiro, we got no ad- adequate cover for Casemiro and we need that. Yeah, I totally agree, but um, it looks as if the Amrabat deal is not going to happen yeah, as not. things stand. Mm-hmm. Things could change, obviously, but uh, the manager prefers Grabenberch for some reason. Mm. Um, but I think that um, the, if we if we only if we could only make one midfield signing, a number six would be would be my choice. Yeah, same. And also, we need to bring somebody in on loan up front. Um, Hopefully, not uh, Lukaku. Anyone else but Lukaku? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody suggested that the other day, and you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'll tell you what, the way it's looking, like it's, uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're going down that road where somebody, anyone would be better than nothing. 
Yeah, you never know. We could get a late loan deal for a 34-year-old striker somewhere. We've done yeah. that before. Uh, a free agent or, or something. Um, let's see. Um, but uh, as of today, the priorities are a sub-goalie and a number eight in midfield. Um, mm-hmm. So Danny here says, 10 days to sign at least three players, in my opinion. At this rate, I don't see one. The FFP uncertainty has floored us this summer. And past dealings with player contracts has made selling impossible. Yeah, which we touched on Most earlier. Definitely, uh, yeah. players on too on too much money and don't want to leave. Yeah, that's definitely obviously. crippled us. So you know, uh, with regards to that, Danny, I think we're probably going to be Box here says Veghurst. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, he's say, actually say went, it ain't so, but say it ain't so. No, he went to Hoffenheim on loan, I believe. <sighs> Yeah, so that it won't be happening anyway. He's he's already listen. Let's it. hope not, because he was on loan at bloody Besiktas before we got him out of that one. Yeah, that's right. We can get him out of the loan deal again. Um, but I don't think even Ten Hag could justify that, given no. What, but he scored two goals and yeah, yeah, none of the leagues. Yeah. yeah. Um. And box here says I can see Forrest getting something versus us. Oh, please don't, please don't. Oh, um. I can see us finishing above Villa, Brighton, Newcastle. I can't see us finishing above Newcastle. I don't know, you know, they've started quite bright. Um, I know they lost against Man City, but yeah, I worry about it. He thinks we'll finish below Villa, Brighton and Newcastle. I think that might be a classic case of um, making a judgment I read that wrong. I read that wrong. I think think he's kind of, you know, being too despondent with the first two Mm. games of the season. I, I think things... I don't think we're going to challenge for the title, but I think I do think no. things will get better than this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, top four is my aim. Um, ideally, I'm just looking for consistency, right? So even if we get what we got last season, but we achieve it in a in a more convincing way, that would have been great. Um, yeah, I'd pick up an FA Cup or something and, and, and do well in the Champions League. Yeah. I yeah. Would say we probably had a better, a better chance of winning the Champions League than winning the league, to be honest, at least for the foreseeable future. The um, fact that it's a cup competition, yeah. 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 We've seen so many Premier League teams finish fifth or sixth and win the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny here says 15 million for Langa, 12 million for Fred. No idea why this money has been invested yet. It was a sell to buy uh, after Hoyland. Um, yeah. With, they are pretty modest sums there. I think United were hoping to make at least one thirty million pound seal, which has also we yet. have to keep in mind that you know with the money that has been spent, they probably felt they need to balance the books. So some of those sales, I'm guessing, are going towards that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Don here says that Faker scored against him in Football Manager. He was raging. I mean. So he must be better on in on the football manager than he is in real life. Um, <laughs> Danny um, Fergie said the team he is most excited to see play this season was Villa, and he isn't wrong. They've gone under the radar a bit this summer. Quality signs, yeah, absolutely. Um, they were brilliant uh, yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah, they put a lot of the wrongs right from from last week where they got absolutely just destroyed by Newcastle. Although um, I believe even Fergie, I think, alluded to it himself that. They've actually, they actually played some decent stuff in that Newcastle game. It just kind of competitive. It was the high me. line that killed them. I, I don't know. Last weekend, everyone had lost their minds. Uh, I saw a whole bunch of teams trying to do the high line stuff, and it caught them out. And we were all getting a, a, 
a tiny bit excited the fact that Gundogan had gone to Barcelona and De Bruyne is injured, and then Phil Foden just uh, shows what a talent he is. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, that that man is just you know he's he's built different. Um, yeah, for me, I assume that Foden and Alvarez would be the ones to step up for them this season in place of the absentees. Yeah, they just have a conveyor belt of world class players to call upon. Yeah. No matter how many they sell, they always they always have somebody else. Um yeah, it looks like Cole Palmer's gonna get more minutes this season, Bill Lecture thinks. Yeah, he's gonna get more minutes. I think Cancelo's on his way out. I think he's agreed terms with Barcelona, so that's gonna happen. Yeah, I think he fell out with a manager a yeah, long time yeah. ago. Um yeah. Uh, talking of falling out of the manager, I'll tell you what, um, was it last week against Burnley um, at half-time? I thought that was ridiculous. Uh, Pep yelling at, at Haaland. Um, he could have quite easily just waited till he got down to the tunnel or into the dressing room. He didn't have to make a spectacle of it uh, by, by yelling at him. You know, well, he's just, he's, in, in public view. Guardiola is a bit of a showman, in my opinion. Um, yeah, he's yeah. fully aware of the cameras there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and imagine the audacity to do that as well when he just scored a brace in the first half. Yeah. Somehow Guardiola has to make it all about him. Listen, um, if my player didn't listen to my instructions but scored a brace. <laughs> and the, 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 the second goal was absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Um, yeah, yeah. He doesn't and, even look. And, even... and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, that, that's probably what it was like when he was managing Zlatan. But Zlatan's such a personality that he wouldn't have stood for that. So that's probably why they fell out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Holland wasn't even looking where the goal was, and he yeah. just turns and shoots in off the underside of the bar, and then um, it's just a a cyborg, as you say. <laughs> um, and if we're going to challenge uh, for the title, we need to have a striker who's almost as good as as Holland. I'm afraid, oh, otherwise we're, we're never going to get near it. Yeah, yeah, sir. I don't know how um, he do that, to be honest. Like, he's a cyborg, isn't he? Uh, Danny, yes, we did touch on the Anthony Palestri thing. Uh, yeah, go back and watch the start of the video, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, um, he says he came in late. Uh, I think Palestri should start. Yeah, and, and I think just about everybody thinks that Palestri should start ahead of Anthony yeah. now. Um, he deserves a chance, you know. Absolutely. He's, He's waited a long time for an opportunity. He's only started one game, and that was against Badis away, which was a dead rubber. Mm-hmm. And Mandarin needs to show some faith in him and give him a chance in a meaningful fixture. And Forrest would probably be the, the perfect way to start the, that opportunity for this player. So, yeah, um, he's he, he always plays well when, I, when I've seen him. Um, even in person, when I've seen him at Old Trafford, he, he looked immense. So I want to see him get 90 minutes for about five or six games and see how he does. Um, so we just want to come on to the Mason Greenwood situation. So he's now going to be let go by the club. Um, the club issued a statement um, Richard Arnold did an open letter to the fans and Greenwood issued a statement of his own so it seems like uh, they've mutually agreed to, to part ways so what's your thoughts on it Brush? Yeah I think we've come to the right decision um, I just don't like how it's been dragged out for this long um, I think it could have been dealt with a lot swifter but you know they dragged it out for as long as possible I think last week they put the feelers out and they didn't like the f- the, the feedback they got back Uh and, you know, they've kind of made this decision based on potential backlash. Yeah, because I think a week ago they were going to make the opposite decision. Uh, yeah. And they've decided against it. Um, so, 
yeah, it's a, a difficult situation to be in uh, for the football club. Um, and they've decided to just make the problem go away and make it somebody else's problem. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so the good news is that we might get a fee for the player now. Um, yeah, because he's still under contract, isn't he? And I, I don't think you can um, you can just can't, you can't just rip up the contract. No, no, United would lose a tribunal case. Yeah, if they yeah, did yeah they would. They they can't do that. So he's still got another year left. So yeah, uh, the only options are now to sell or loan out until that contract is done. Yeah, and and I think there's interest from Turkey. And I'd be amazed if there wasn't interest from the Saudi Pro League as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a chance for him to go and rebuild and that. Um, I mean, in situations like this, listen, my first thought is always with the victim. Um, and in this situation, it's very complicated and complex. There's a baby involved now too. So, you know, I just, I, I wish them the best. Yeah. Um, it is, it's, it's, it's very complex, you know, and, and it's, it, it's put a lot of us in a difficult position where, you know, us podcasters and, and YouTubers, yeah. We're on here to talk about football, and for the last year and a half, we're 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 having to address a situation that's not about football, um, and it's, it can be very uncomfortable. Um, yeah. But it, it, it seems that the club have finally made a decision, mm-hmm. and you know I think the general consensus is that most people are happy with this decision. Um, some people will not be, um, but it's good that finally there is some clarity. The thing is now though, this sets precedent, so now they have to keep the same energy for anything that comes after. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, they have obviously to be we've had the alleged stuff with it involving Anthony. We're going to have to wait and see how that plays out. Uh, and also other things like people like Ryan Giggs. Do you welcome him back into the club in any capacity? Or do we draw a line under that? Yeah, because a person, if a person's treated differently to, to other employees, then yeah. they would, they'd have a right, a right to feel aggrieved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, from a purely footballing point of view, it's very sad that we're losing a player of that talent. Um, probably the only forward we have who's good with both feet, can shoot with both feet. Um, and like he would be, a, like if he was a, a player that was still part of the squad um, and you know um, was, was scoring goals, he would be a £100 million player easily. Um, he, he's he, he, that's how good he is. You know, people talk about Rashford being a hundred million pound player, but I would say that Greenwood had a higher, has an even higher ceiling than Rashford. Um, yeah, it's but, a real shame that he's messed it up. But then, the other way I'd look at this as well is that if he was a terrible footballer, would we be even having this discussion? Would the club have taken this long, or would they have just got rid? You know, no. um, so that's the way I try to look at it. Um, I don't think any amount of footballing talent should negate you being a decent human being. Um, And so I think we've come to the right conclusion, but the club do have a duty of care because um, I think as I read in the statement today, he's been at the club since he's seven. A lot of these kids, they um, come into our academies, they spend their developmental years at the club and we've got a duty of care to them to raise them up to be decent people and not just footballers. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, and in a case like this, I'm sure warning signs would have been there. 
but I think when alarm bells did ring, they probably ignored it on account of his talent. Um, and let's not uh, uh, pretend like you know if the footage didn't come out, they I, I'm I'm sure that the club would have tried their best to just cover up the whole thing and move on to protect their assets. Yeah, um, this case, unlike most others, is that there was there was a video and audio circulating online, which yes. obviously will never go away. Um, so um, the court of public opinion is, mm-hmm. a, is a massive force, and they decided last week that they didn't want Greenwood back at the club, so the, the club have had to change their minds and get rid of him, because th- what the club worry about the most is the commercial side of the business, the sponsorship, and if they if they um, bring them back and sponsors pull out, um, fans boycott, and um, you have celebrity fans um, saying they won't support the club anymore and all that sort of thing, mm-hmm. the club obviously got cold feet, and 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 that's what that's what matters to them. They don't want a situation where Adidas and Team Beer and so on are saying, yeah, we're not we're not happy about this. We're going yeah, to we want to cancel the contract. Her. Danny's made a very interesting point here. That was one of the things that annoyed me about the statement um, today. Yeah, they appear to exonerate him, but they still get rid of him, you know. And then the fact that they did that based on backlash and not because they wanted to on their own accord, you know, that's why I think they should have moved swiftly to make a decision one way or the other going into the summer instead of letting it drag on. Yeah, the statement was a bit strange. It was like they were, they were, they were saying that um, we found them in a, in our internal investigation. We yeah. found um, Mason to be not guilty of the the, the charges that were brought against him. If that's still the going case, to get... then sh- if that's the case, then surely you back him, no? Yeah. Um, it's yeah, just, they've purely they purely made this decision based on public opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, to be fair, they they were the club obviously have handled this very poorly. But to be fair to them, they've been put in a very awkward position. Like the worst possible outcome for Manchester United was for the charges to be dropped. Um, mm-hmm. Given because uh, if he'd have been found guilty, yeah, then they could have sacked him, and that would have been an easy decision for them. Now yeah. they're in an awkward position where there's everybody believes the well, most people. Who, who are United fans believe the the audio and video footage that they witnessed online? Um, but he hasn't been found guilty of a crime, and now the club are putting in an opposition as to whether to keep him or or, or sell him. Um, yeah. And eventually they've come to decision to sell him um, after coming under intense pressure last week when it was leaked that they were going to keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that looks very weak uh, from the club's point of view that they've capitulated like that. Um. But I, like Donnie says here, I th- I think it, it was the the right call made in the wrong way. Yeah, is, that's, is that's ultimately what it is, yeah. isn't it? I think we've arrived at the right conclusion, but I just don't like how we've gotten here. Yeah, it's a it's a sorry mess. Yeah. I think our football club is a sorry mess in general. To yeah. be honest with you, and um, to be honest, had they acted swiftly, like it would have just saved a lot of fan debate back and forth and all of this. Like, you know, they kind of kept it in the public domain. And I don't think it was for any of us to really just debate back and forth anyway. It should have been the club that made a decision one way or the other. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I mean, look how long. I mean, the ownership situation has not been resolved. You know, nothing gets done quickly at this club. Nothing. I'm sure. Every even, time, even little things annoy me. Even the De Gea thing was a debacle. If uh, if I'm being honest, um, you know, the manager saying one thing, and then if you just took his words at face value, then he was quite happy with De Gea. Um, but surely he would have known going into the summer that that's not the keeper that he wanted. And if that was the case, then you know we could have given him a farewell that he deserved. Uh, instead of handling that the way we did. Yeah, Donnie says it was a cowardly decision by United. If they truly believe his innocence, then he should have stuck by the decision. Yeah. Somehow, United have come out looking terrible, even after making what most people believe is the right decision. So. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. It's a very United quality, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a, yeah. Even if, when we looked at, like, do you remember the, the debacle that was last year's transfer window? Like, when we looked at it at the end, we looked at the profile of players and who we had got at the end, we were like, oh, this isn't so bad. But how we got here is an absolute stinking mess. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we are now a mess on on and off the field at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very, very concerning. And... Um, the re, the re, there's even reports last week that the Glazers now are, are going to call off the whole selling yeah, process yeah. today, which obviously is going to result in a massive backlash. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's, it's a very depressed situation. Um, people were saying like earlier this year that the club will not be sold or won't be sold until Christmas. I think it'll, we, we'll they'll still be here at Christmas. Yeah, um, the way yeah the way I, I can definitely, I can definitely see that. And you know, we're going to see the same old tricks again. We're going to see some links to one or two big names. Uh, I think in the in the in the aftermath of the Tottenham fixture, I saw some links online to Marco Verratti. Um, he's a wonderful player who I would have happily taken five six years ago. Uh, right now, I think that's the wrong profile of player to come in. He's going to come in on big wages. Um, he looks Saudi bound. Um, he's getting on in age as well. But you know, that's the kind of PR signing I can see them making. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, Danny says heads in the clouds with the sale process and have neglected other matters around the club. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I see the the stadium roof is leaking again, and um, just to mm-hmm. depress us even further. Um, at stadium, it badly needs uh, work done to it. Um, I mean, Liverpool are doing a lot of work to their stadium, um, rather than building a new one. But I believe the, would you believe the, they're currently rebuilding the Anfield Road stand, and I believe the building contractors went out went out of business who were who were doing the work. So madness. We're not the only club where things go wrong, you know. Yeah. Um, um, should we were talking about how United have mishandled the Greenwood situation. Mm. We all remember how badly Liverpool mishandled the Luis Suarez situation. Um, yeah, listen, he was yeah, he was charged, and they were wearing t-shirts and everything in support. It's craziness. Um. Yeah, a guy, um, who's recently abusing another player and then biting another player, and then. It took for him to bite again at the World Cup for Liverpool to finally decide that, that enough's enough. We have to get rid of him. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, he needed therapy, didn't he? I mean, that's like a psychological issue uh, when you're biting people. When that's your natural instinct to something, then something's wrong there. And he had had previous as well. I mean, he bit Ivanovic. Uh, there was like two or three biting incidents. So much so that Barcelona wrote into his contract that he couldn't bite anyone. <laughs> 
<laughs> was that real? Is that, did that yeah, yeah, that, that was actually in his contract that if he if he got caught biting anyone whilst playing for them, then yeah, you know they could have they could uh, sack him. Yeah, yeah, they could have fined him. They could have sacked him. It was, it was crazy. Imagine having to write that into a contract though. <laughs> I know it's like he, he has like the mind of a, of a of a toddler that guy. Yeah, no, I think something definitely went wrong in his uh, in his development as a child. I think yeah, you, you'd have to send someone to therapy to sort that out. Because it's not a normal reaction. No, no. You know, sw- swinging a punch would be more normal than, mm-hmm. than that. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> Chiellini and Ivanovic. And then somebody else, wasn't there, in the Eredivisie that he, he bit? Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very surreal, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Um, um, yeah, and then yeah, so, in terms of our poor stuff, like I mean, this is nothing new. Uh, it's a long, long. We've got a long history of this. The Rio Ferdinand situation that was a madness. Uh, when last day of the season, uh, in the dressing room, he was told by Ed Woodward that he won't be getting a new contract extension. You know. Yeah, and he wasn't allowed to get a send off then from. The uh, yeah, yeah. So that that deprived him of a send off that we gave to uh to Vidic and and Patrice because we knew they were off. And didn't um. Patrice wanted to go to Juve and then Woodward told him no, I think Woodward had agreed that we're not going to exercise the plus one in your contract then uh, Everett was going to go to Juve on a free and Mm. then Woodward told him, sorry we are actually going to exercise the plus one on your contract and he was furious Um, it was was for personal reasons that he wanted to leave Mm. um, Everett and Woodward thought he was just going to try and block that on him and that that was very pretty hard yeah it's crazy with Rio as well at the time I mean his then wife was battling cancer there was a lot of stuff going on off the field and I don't think we supported him in the right way Uh, handling that was a whole mess Uh, Vida had actually had a falling out with Moyes so the writing was already on the wall so uh, we didn't offer him a new contract anyway and then he sorted out his own move to Inter Milan he agreed a pre-contract, a pre-contract, didn't he? In yeah, January? yeah. The whole, yeah, the whole reason that happened was because him and Moyes had a falling out, and he knew that he wasn't going to be part of the plans. Yeah. So even this summer with De Gea, mm-hmm. Greenwood, the ownership situation, transfers—it's all very, very poor. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, and it's a shame, really. Like even the fact that Woodward's not even there anymore, but we're still making these stupid decisions. Yeah. But your Richard Arnold was uh, Woodward's right hand man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's the aftermath of that, isn't it? Um, yeah, it still stains our club. And the Glazers continue to stay in our club. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to try and be positive. At some point in the future, the Glazers will not be the owners of Manchester United. You know, that has to happen at some point. You know, it's they're not going to be there forever. There's not going to be like a dynasty of Glazers. Well, we hope. Man- <laughs> we, we hope not, Kyle. I mean, let's not forget the main glazer, the geezer who was actually responsible for buying uh, the club, is no longer with us. So, it, you know, it's already been handed down to the next generation of kids. Yeah, I know. But I can't see it moving to the next generation because even, was it, there's um, six siblings and four of them don't want to be part of Manchester United. Yeah, they yeah, sell but their do, do, yeah, yeah. So there's, yeah, you know, there's division there as well, um, which doesn't help us. Yeah, and Danny here says player relations at the club went downhill the minute for again Gill left. Yeah, should never have left at the same time, in my opinion. Um, Ten Hag is somewhat steadying the ship now in that respect. And no nonsense manager. Yeah, but no nonsense manager who is under pressure at the moment given the results and performances on the yeah. field. Um, it's a very difficult job for him as well in terms of managing all of that because I think 
you know, because that link between him and the board and the higher-ups isn't where it needs to be, which is probably why he finds himself in a situation where sometimes even he probably feels he can't be honest with how he feels about certain players. Yeah, and we've signed so many players that were recommended by him. Uh, mm-hmm. If we get if we get rid of him, we're going to have to rip up the whole squad again. And so... this is the problem. This is the problem about having a proper DOF and no structure. Because um, now you've given him all this power, and if the manager goes, then who comes in to fix it? Yeah, yeah <laughs> we just got to hope and pray that uh, things work out for Ten Hag at this. Club. Absolutely, absolutely, and hope that we can see some kind of vision come to life on the pitch with what he's trying to do. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, because. At the moment, obviously, it's not going well, but maybe it's just kind of a teething process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? I think we try to um, we try to understand what the manager's doing based on what he's done previously, but maybe he's moving in a new direction. Because a lot of us had an idea of what he's about based on his time at Ajax, right? But that's not really what I'm seeing at the moment. We're, we're playing more of a mid-block counter than just possession-based football. So... It's, it's interesting. Yeah, he's he's not quite able to do what he wants to do. I don't think I don't think he still doesn't believe he has the 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 personnel to maybe mm-hmm. play exactly the way he did at Ajax. Yeah. So maybe he's kind of he's caught somewhere in between. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's not... definitely the case. But another thing, though, in terms of that, we have we can't just keep signing people that are fifty million plus. You know. I know. You know, yeah. if you want to do that and get your players in, we need to start picking up the, the diamonds in the rough, the, you know, the ones that you need to get them early before they make that one extra move, if you know what I mean. Like, we, we seem to go for the player after they've made that initial move and then, uh, you know, the, the price goes up threefold. Yeah, um, but you have absolutely no faith in, in United. Um, the scouting system has been shambolic for mm-hmm. quite a long time now. Um, can't remember the last time we signed a player for a modest fee. He ended up being a sensational first team player. Um, I can't even think off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's no wonder we can only sign three players in a window when yeah. we, we're spending big money on each of them. Yeah, that's um, the thing. That's the thing. And even like the likes of a Hoyland, they're almost set up to fail, aren't they? Because the expectation is going to be so huge on this kid. And it's very unfair. He's only 20 years old. He's had one season in Serie A. Um, he deserves time. But already, you know, we're lacking goals. People are just chomping at the bits to, to, to bring him in. It's going to take him time to adjust to our league. It's yeah, not an definitely. easy league to come into. But anyway, um, let's hope we get the win against Forrest. Um, we will yeah. uh, wrap it up there. Um, if everyone could please smash a like on the video, get your comments in down below, and subscribe to the Glory Glory Man United podcast. And I shall see you again then next time, Brush. Yep, yeah, definitely. Hopefully on a happier note. <laughs> definitely.